Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and on today's podcast, we're going to jump into the advanced stats for the Falcons versus Jaguars game uh, from week 13 of the NFL season. This was a game that the Falcons uh, did ultimately win. Uh, It was a game most people expected them to win. Jacksonville is a bit of a hapless team right now. Uh, They have a struggling offense. Um, Although I will say their their defense is not quite as bad as uh, some have made it out to be. They actually had the number three run defense coming into this game averaging just 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, And this was a surprising performance, I think, for Atlanta on many fronts. And we're going to start with that. We're going to start with the offense and how they graded out and starting with the top five guys uh, by PFF score. Number one on this list, um, he has been a frequent uh, name in the top five for the Falcons all year. That is right guard Chris Lindstrom, 84.1 overall grade. Fantastic from him. Uh, Just a great day, both as a run blocker and a pass blocker. I will say, uh, out of of the 60 offensive snaps that the Falcons had, um, they had a fairly good balance of run versus pass. 32 passing attempts, uh, 28 running attempts. uh, And I think that helps. I think that helps this team be more successful. Uh, When they get into those situations where they get out of balance and they have to pass, I think that's where this offensive line begins to get really exposed. But this line deserves a lot of credit, as you'll see as we begin to dive into even more of the names. Um, this offensive line in, in, in total really just had a great game uh, on the ground. And we'll talk about that uh, here in just a bit. Uh, number two on this list, no surprise, um, offensive weapon, Cordero Patterson, 82.8 overall grade. Um, obviously, he was just a force on the ground. Got it done as well as a receiver. Um, he is, let's be honest, he is the core of this offense right now. Um, as Kyle Pitts has, you know, up and down games uh, with teams selling out to stop him, um, Patterson is just finding a way to, to be productive every time he touches the ball. Um, and he had the first 100-yard game for the Falcons since Todd Gurley back in the middle of 2020. Uh, so that gives you an idea of how bad the running game has been. But uh, he has been just an absolute force. And clearly this offense missed him. Uh, against the the Cowboys for a good bit of that game, and of course, completely out against the Patriots. Number three on this list, left tackle Jake Matthews, uh, 79.8 overall grade. I think the good news here is, um, you know, Matthews has always been just rock solid as a pass blocker, um, but by PFF, PFF scores, he has struggled as a uh, run blocker. Well, today he had a really solid grade, 76.1 uh, as a run blocker. So good to see that from uh, the franchise left tackle. If And I do want to caveat this. The Falcons need to be able to repeat these performances. We can't just say, oh, hey, they've got things fixed. 
But if they repeat these types of performances, um, it could be a good sign for uh, the future that they may not have to over-address the offensive line, at least in 2022. They can focus a little bit more on you know maybe uh, some additional weapons in the passing game or uh, definitely the defensive trenches, finding a pass rusher, you know, some defensive interior help to put next to Grady Jarrett. Uh, this this game, I'm hoping, is a building block for the rest of the year, uh, but absolutely one of the best performances from the offensive line overall. Uh, number four, good to see this guy back in the top five again. Uh, I'm hoping this is a trend because we really need him to work out, uh, and that's right tackle uh, Caleb McGarry, 79.6 overall grade. He was our best-graded run blocker, 88.1 grade there. Um, absolutely got the job done on the ground, and actually it did a fairly good job as a pass blocker as well, 75.1. Um, not that the Jacksonville Jaguars had much of a pass rush outside of Josh Allen, um, but he got the job done. Uh, number five on this list, just 13 snaps, so small sample size, but fullback Keith Smith with a 78.9 overall grade. Uh, he did have a good game uh, and actually caught a few receptions as well, uh, which tells you the state of the Falcons passing game. All right, the bottom five. I think this is the first time uh, this guy has been at the absolute bottom of the list, uh, and that's quarterback Matt Ryan, um, 45.3 overall grade. Um, and for those who thought he had a rough game, uh, I thought he had a rough game. I think Matt realizes he had a rough game. Uh, PFF agrees with everybody there. Um, he had several passes, I think, where um, uncharacteristically he was throwing behind receivers. That's not something he generally does. He's generally a very accurate quarterback. Where he usually makes mistakes uh, is in the, the deep passes um, and sometimes you know the occasional uh, questionable decision where he's trying to force it, uh, where he feels under pressure. Uh, and I, I think this game was uncharacteristic in the types of mistakes that he was making, where he was behind, throwing behind guys. That's not, again, that's not something we generally see from him. I'm expecting him to bounce back over the next few weeks, but this is really his third rough game in a row. And I will say, it's nice to see the Falcons win with him not having to have a great game. Uh, the fact that they were able to win it by leaning on the running game and the offensive line getting their job done. Great, great sign. Um, that said, we absolutely, absolutely need Ryan to be better. Um, along with that, we need, you know, some better weapons in the receiving game. Probably at this point, you know, we don't have any updates on Calvin Ridley. I would say your best assumption is to assume we're not getting him back this year. Uh, and I don't know that the receivers we've got are going to step forward substantially. Uh, Russell Gage did have a good game today. He was six in scoring uh, by PFF. But right now, I think Ryan has to – I think most of these mistakes are coming when he's trying to force the ball um, to Kyle Pitts. And it makes sense. Kyle Pitts is essentially now what Julio was to Ryan uh, when Julio was here, where he was his safety valve. He was one of the few guys – on the field that he trusted to pull the ball down and make something happen with it. Uh, so Ryan is looking at him before he's looking at some of these second, third, fourth options. And of course, defenses are selling out to stop pits and that's not helping either. But yeah, Ryan rough day on the game. Uh, bottom of the list. Uh, next up uh, running back Wayne Gallman in his five snaps just scored a 51.7. Uh, next up from there, Alameda Zacchaeus 30 out of the 60 possible snaps, uh, 51.7 overall grade. 
Next up from him, Tajay Sharp. You can see a trend here and that the weapons are all scoring pretty low. Uh, Tajay Sharp had a 56.6 overall grade. Uh, and then next up from him, uh, tight end uh, Lee Smith, uh, who actually did his job as a pass blocker, but his overall grade of a 58.5, uh, not getting it done. Now, a few names I want to point out because, uh, again, talking about the offensive line, I want to sort of hone in on that a little bit. Um, after the top five that we talked about, Jalen Mayfield, the left guard, was number eight with a very good 71.1 overall grade. Pass blocking score of 30, which is, again, quite terrible. Jalen is a pass blocker, still not getting it done. I think he is still the biggest liability on this offensive line. I think we see that in the games when you see him actually uh, out there playing, but he absolutely did a great job in the running game. And I felt like that was the case when I saw it um, on Sunday as well with the 79.4 overall grade as a run blocker. We just need him to solidify his role um, as a pass blocker. If he can't get it done there, um, the Falcons are probably going to have to bring in competition uh, possibly put Andrews into that position to see if he can uh, do a better job at left guard. Not that the team should have a tremendous amount of confidence in Andrews. Uh, but right now, Mayfield struggling as a pass blocker, but had a great day on the ground. Um, the center rotation. So Drew Dahlman uh, with 20 snaps. Uh, Matt Hennessy with 40 snaps. Dahlman was seventh on the list, and Hennessy was ninth. Uh, and their scores were not that different. Drew Dahlman, 71.2 overall grade. Uh, Matt Hennessy, 66.3. Um, both guys did a great job on the ground. Uh, Drew Dahlman, 72.7. Uh, Matt Hennessy, 70.6. Where Dahlman actually was better was in pass blocking, uh, 63.7 versus the 43.0 for Matt Hennessy. At first, I actually thought that Dahlman was being used almost exclusively on run-focused um, drives, but where it actually ended up was Dahlman had 11 pass blocking snaps and nine run blocking snaps. So I don't think that the Falcons are intentionally trying to use Dahlman uh, in a different way. Um, they're, I think they're just trying to figure out which one of these guys truly deserves the job at this point. And look, other people have said it. I'm going to throw my voice into this. I don't think it makes sense to be rotating offensive linemen. Um, obviously, Hennessy has struggled. But the fact that they're sort of uh, soft committing to giving Drew Dahlman a chance, um, you know, taking a third of the snaps from Hennessy in this game. I mean, we'll see what the next game looks like. But I feel like rotating offensive linemen during the game as a strategy is it's going to be more difficult on Ryan. Uh, it's going to break up some of the chemistry that you need in the interior of that offensive line. I don't know that I like this, and we'll see how it plays out. But right now... Uh, it looks like they're still going to lean towards Hennessy, but in this game, Dahlman was slightly better, not dramatically better, slightly better. And that could count for something. We'll see how that plays out over the next few games. All right. We're going to talk about the defense and the day that they had, including some of the names at the top of the list, which will absolutely not surprise any of you. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's 
magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We're recapping the advanced stats for the Falcons against their uh, in their win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, let's talk about the defense. Top five guys starting at the very top, 19 out of the 73 possible snaps. Uh, defensive tackle, Anthony Rush. Um, this is really encouraging. He has come in, um, you know, a guy that they signed off the street, uh, big body in the middle, and he has... Uh, in my eyes, made a big impact on uh, the trenches, and especially in the run game. 85.7 overall grade, 85.3 as a run defender. Exactly what you want this guy in there for, to go in, disrupt the running game. Uh, the Jaguars came in with a very good running back and uh, in Robinson, and, and Rush is a big part of what I think is uh, the slight improvement in how this defense is spared. You know, they allowed... Just 14 points on the day. And again, I know it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, one of the worst offenses in the league. So let's not you know go overboard here. But they did hold the Patriots to 19 points the week before. That was a day where the offense was giving them no help. Uh, and I think guys like Rush are, you know, you, you got to keep an eye on how this guy performs through the rest of the year. If he continues to perform well like this and continues to do his job here, I think this is a guy that you you ride into 2022 and maybe you punt on that interior uh, defensive line as as a top need. Uh, you know, maybe someone like Jordan Davis that a lot of fans are clamoring for, and I understand why the guy is a, a absolute freak of an athlete for his size. Um, but if you've got someone like Anthony Rush getting the job done in the middle, um, maybe you look more towards focusing on edge rushers, guys that can get get it done from a pass rush standpoint. Um, but right now, Rush just doing a fantastic job. Um, all right. Number two on this list. No surprise here. Probably actually not. Probably. He absolutely is our best defender this year. Cornerback AJ Terrell. God, I cannot say enough about how good this kid is in his second year. 76.1 overall grade, 78.4 in coverage. Um, he was targeted four times, uh, and allowed just one reception that went for a total of five yards. Uh, he is having a bonkers, bonkers season. Um, he is the third highest graded, uh, corner for coverage in the NFL right now. Um, he hasn't let up, like he hasn't had a really bad game this entire year. And I'm saying I'm going to knock on wood as I say it. Um, but Terrell has turned into one of the best corners in the league. And uh, that is not hyperbole right now. You could easily make the case that he deserves to be in the pro bowl. Uh, and honestly, if he continues to play like this, if finishes out the year with this level of play, in my mind, this this guy may deserve an all-pro nod. Maybe not first team, but as a second team all-pro, um, I could see it. He is just having a phenomenal season, and he's shutting down whatever side of the field he's on. Teams are now just actively avoiding him. Um, only four targets. Uh, you know, I feel bad for guys like Fabian Moreau who are going to get overly targeted because of that fact. Um, you know, Moreau in this game was targeted six times. Uh, and then, of course, you know, your guys in the slot like uh, 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 Richie Grant and Darren Hall are obviously going to get targeted a lot more. But yeah, AJ Terrell, uh, fantastic, fantastic draft pick. One of the last ones from Thomas Dimitrov. Um, this one has totally panned out. A player that many fans did not like uh, coming out, but he has turned into a number one corner and one of the best in the NFL. Love his game. All right, number three on this list, 
Adele Kumbo Ogundeji, uh, outside linebacker, 76.1 overall grade. Um, really good job in run defense. Uh, not so much as a pass rusher, but uh, it, he is improving. And I think for a fifth-round rookie, that's what you're looking for, is as each game goes by, is he beginning to pick up and do better in certain elements of his game? He doesn't have to improve in everything, but is he beginning to become a better run defender? Is he beginning to learn a little bit of pass rush moves? Uh, and with Ogundeji, I think you know we're beginning to see flashes of that. So great to see that from him. Uh, number four on the list, Grady Jarrett uh, with a 73.4 overall grade. He has really gotten dinged for his tackling, 24.6 grade here. Um, But Grady uh, just, again, back to where he normally belongs in the top five of this list. Uh, And number five, good to see this. I did think he had a a fairly strong game overall. Uh, Safety, Richie Grant. Uh, And they actually, you know, they're playing him less like a safety, more like a slot corner. Uh, He is rotating snaps there. Um, with Darren Hall at this point. Interesting point, Avery Williams did not get a single defensive snap in this game. It looks like they're going to relegate him primarily to special teams uh, while Richie Grant and Darren Hall take those snaps at slot cornerback. But Richie Grant with a 72.7 overall grade, 76.2 in coverage. Really good to see that from him. And the 77.7 as a tackler, uh, we saw him uh, make a really good stop early on in the game. So uh, good to see that from the second round pick. Hopefully he can build on this performance. All right, let's talk about the five guys at the bottom. Um, Chris Williamson, cornerback, only four snaps with a 29.8 overall grade at the very bottom of this list. Um, defensive end, Taquan Graham, 21 out of the 73 possible snaps. A 30.5 overall defensive grade, although he had a 69.6 for tackling. Um, so apparently he's getting it done when the guys get to him, but uh, not much else. Uh, next up, James Vauders, uh, 26 snaps, 35.9 overall grade. Um, next up from him, uh, Jalen Hawkins, who only had 11 snaps in this game. It's kind of interesting. Um, he's, you know, he has been dealing with some injuries, so I, I suspect this is part of it, that uh, they're just limiting his snaps until he feels 100%. Um, but he only had 11 snaps in this game, had a 41.7 overall grade. Uh, I have a feeling that's more health-related than anything else. Uh, and then fifth up from the bottom, uh, linebacker Brandon Copeland, 40 snaps, uh, incidentally, so uh, 44.2 overall grade. Now, where did some of the other key players on defense uh, land? Um, Dron Harmon had one of his strongest games. He was sixth on the list. Uh, Dante Fowler was seventh with a 62.1 overall grade. Look, in this game, uh, no one really got it done as a pass rusher. Uh, there was not a single score uh, in the mid sixties, like the highest score, uh, was from Michael Walker as a pass rusher. And that was a 60.4, which is sort of still, you know, average or below average. Um, as for Michael Walker, he was 14th, uh, did get 72 out of the 73 possible snaps, had a 50.6 overall grade. Um, I didn't feel like he had a great game. Uh, this score actually may be a little bit generous, but uh, and he did get hit hard in coverage, which is where I felt he he really struggled. He had a 38.2 overall grade there. Um, but yeah, he was the one grade I was really curious about. And for those people who wanted to see him out there with the you know full game, his first full game out there since last year, essentially, uh, I think he showed why maybe the team is not yet ready to put him on the field uh, a good bit in this defense. Remember, last year, completely different defense. Dean Pease asks a lot of the linebackers, the safeties, and the corners. 
Um, so Walker may just not be ready yet. And I'm not saying that he can't be ready and that he won't grow into a better player, but right now, um, just not getting it done. And hopefully, you know, Dion can get back and improve his play. Cause frankly, Dion Jones hasn't been uh, good this year either, but it, it, right now the Michael Walker experiment, uh, not, not great results. Um, Darren Hall, uh, who is playing again, a lot of slot corner was 10th on this list, 61 point overall grade, uh, which I, I point this out because between him and Richie Grant, both the rookies, both are having to step in where, you know, to fill in for Isaiah Oliver, who was injured earlier this year. Um, that's actually a fairly good, you know, day for Darren Hall. And it looks like, you know, 26 snaps, uh, they're giving him the opportunity to grow and, and finish out this season. Uh, so, He'll be a, a name that I'm paying attention to. A lot of people, you know, want the Falcons to uh, po- possibly get a cornerback in the first round of next year's draft class. I don't know if that's going to be necessary. I think if you could bring back someone like Fabian Moreau, who was eighth on in this game uh, per, per PFF grades, if you can bring back Fabian Moreau for cheap, I think he's a decent enough number two. Uh, and if someone like Darren Hall and or Avery Williams steps up for that slot corner role. I don't think you need to burn a first round pick on the corner again, uh, at least this soon. You could possibly look at it next year, you know, 2023's draft class. But right now, I, I feel like this, what we're seeing from Darren Hall is we're seeing some growth. You know, not that he's a great player, but we're seeing growth. We're seeing improvement. And that's what you want from these young guys. Uh, finally, last name on defense that stood out to me at number 11 with one snap, Corderell Patterson. <laughs> so we finally saw the defensive formation where Patterson was going to get on the field. Yes, this guy can do it all. Uh, and the fact that he graded higher than half of the guys on defense is probably somewhat appropriate. Um, and I love Patterson, but hopefully we won't see him in this role except for, you know, uh, just in fun time situations. All right. Uh, that's the PFF grades coming out of the Jacksonville game. Obviously, uh, we will have our preview podcast for the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, coming up a little bit later this week. And, of course, the postgame podcast with Evan and I on Sunday after they wrap up the game against the Buccaneers. All right, guys. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for pod- the podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. This is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.